Welcome to this week's episode of Relaunch My Life Radio. I chatted with my beautiful partner in business and life, Paul Alessio, this week about all things health. He has an extensive background in the area of health and healing, and he gives you some incredible insights to help you to really refocus and really keep things simple and focus on what is going to give you the best return on investment when it comes to movement, nutrition, sleep, and water. This is an epic interview. You're going to love it. Welcome to Relaunch My Life Radio. I'm your host, Juliet Lever. And a few years ago, I personally relaunched my own life from being a workaholic, alcoholic, and chocoholic to now living a life of my own design. I'm on a mission to free you from an unfulfilling job or passionless life. And so with 10-minute tips and 30-minute interviews and stories to tune into, tune into Relaunch My Life Radio to discover your highest potential and feel inspired to live a life of zero regrets. If you want more, be sure to hit subscribe and visit us at www.relaunchmyliferadio.com for more. I'm super excited to be having a conversation with my favorite guest speaker, Mr. Paul Alessio, about all things health. You are going to learn so much in this episode. He is an absolute wealth of knowledge in this area. Paul, how are you today? I'm feeling very good. I'm excited to be obviously on the other end of the microphone. Uh, the guys that have been listening in know that we've done some interviews together and it's really cool and I've really enjoyed it. It's lots of fun. I don't know why we didn't do it more earlier. Um, so for those of the audience who know you as the hypnosis and NLP and mindset teacher, can you just explain a bit about your background in personal training and your qualifications in health? Cool. So I've studied a variety of different stuff from obviously the basic Cert 3 and Cert 4 in fitness to advanced things in exercise and movement everything from Ido Portal stuff to handstand, advanced handstand stuff to you know, basic different movement stuff to corrective exercise, uh, hands-on modalities like different massage modalities, myofascial release, craniosacral therapy uh, and things like that. But then also got into nutrition-based stuff, also looked at doing lab-type testing for clients to see what was going on with their hormones and things like that. So it's a whole broad kind of thing that I studied with health and I kind of went down all these different roads and it led me in different places but basically it gave me a more holistic view of health and how to look at a person and how you look at people definitely is different like I when I very first started going out in public with you I was astonished at how you could pick up what was happening in people's hip rotation and what was going on in their spine and their knees just from how they were walking so what happens when you look at someone what's going through your mind cool so it's a hard habit to break uh when I see people moving like the body never lies so you can tell a lot of what's happening like Gary Gray one of the like godfathers of movement and like analyzing body movement said when the foot hits the ground shit happens so when people take a step everything all these counter movements and compensations need to happen and you can see when they are doing things and not doing things where the imbalances are in the body Mm -hmm. and as you know as well that the imbalances the body mirror imbalances in the mind so a lot of times people's physical restrictions are mirroring mental emotional restrictions as well so this is something that took me a while to bring into the picture because I was just thinking about the body. But after working with people's bodies for so long, I realized that some of them weren't shifting. And that's what got me into the NLP and hypnosis world yes. because I realized that 
There's only so far you can go with a mobilization or a stretch or an exercise and a nutrition plan. When that doesn't work, why doesn't it work? And for a lot of people, it was because of the mental emotional blocks. So a person's body and how they move and how they don't move really is as a good assessment tool to kind of know a lot about what's going on with a person unconsciously. So like inflexible in the body, inflexible in the mind. Yeah, rigid, you know, rigid across. body, rigid, rigid mind, yep. too flexible body, too flexible. Yep. You know, some people are too loose and they have instability and they yep. parts of their body go out of whack. Um, that can reflect, you know, them not, not having no, no real structural stability in their life. And different parts of the body mean different things. And some of the trainings I talk about this and in the body coach program, I will be going into more depth of these kind of issues because it is so powerful. Like people, why do I keep injuring that part of my body? Or why does I always have an issue with this? And when you look at some of the like metaphysical type reasons, the mental emotional reasons, you can kind of almost tell someone what's going on in their life and they'll be blown away because they're like, how the hell do you know that? The body is literally just showing you that. So give me like an example. Say someone has a a knee that they keep injuring. What what could that mean for them? Well, it depends on a lot of different things. Um, Obviously, if it's a reoccurring injury, then there's probably, you know, things to look at. We we don't want to disregard the physical world because it could be the way they're sitting. It could be the, the movements they're doing. It could be that they're running lots of miles with bad shoes. It could be their technique. So we look at all of those things. But if that stuff isn't improving from doing that work, then we're going to look at, okay, what are some of the, the things? Is it actually a knee issue? Because it might not be. It could be coming from the hips. It could be coming from the core. It could be coming from the feet. You know, all of the joints compensate for other ones. So if there's a restriction or hypermobility in a joint above and below, then sometimes that can contribute to it. So, you know, different parts of the body are going to mean different things for different people. Also, the right and left side can have different meanings based on, you know, their expression of energy or suppression of energy but also people in their life that relate to it so right side issues tend to be to do with more masculine figures in the life left side tend to be more female or feminine energy so it really depends on the person and if it's been there for a long time when did it start what was going on at the time and those kind of questions are really going to bring up things and then you kind of go from there so i never like to just point at someone and go are you this is what's happening for you of course and because you might be wrong, number one. But even if you are right, it kind of... I like the client to come up with it of their own accord because then they, they realise they have their own realisation and it's very hard for someone to talk themselves out of realising that, that they realised it. Like if someone comes to you and says, well, this is why you've got the problem, it's easy to reject. But if someone realises it for themselves, it's really easy for them to go, okay, shit, this is the reason why I've got that. That makes perfect sense to me. Then they're more likely to do the exercise program or do the mental, emotional work. So... That's why yep. you're an amazing teacher because people realize these things themselves and then they can take ownership over the healing for it as well. Yeah, so. and, you know, I mean, in some of the trainings we run, especially like the hypnosis and, and some of the other things where we get people to realize that the client is the expert. They know everything. They know exactly everything that's happened to their li- themselves in their life. They know why they've got the problem and they've got the solution as well. And as a coach, we just guide them back to them. And it's just that we've sort of grown up in a Western medical system that encourages us just to do some exercises and it will go away or pop a pill and stop the inflammation that way. Yeah, exactly. So can you talk a little bit about um, some movement that people who perhaps are in a kind of office job and maybe don't have a lot of time, like what are some real good bang for buck movements that people can do to align their body and, you know, activate their 
core and everything? Uh, so I always would try to work out how much energy and how much time the person has and obviously what equipment they've got available. And for people that are real busy that don't have a lot of time, you want to kind of build it into your day so that you don't have to go to a gym or you don't have to go to you know something out of the way that's going to take an extra half hour. So what I would do is try to make it part of the day, part of your daily ritual. So if you get up in the morning, is there some basic movements that you can do? You know, just even some swinging your arms around, doing like body rotations and getting your thoracic and your, your spine to move can be a really nice start to the day. What we've got in our house, and I recommend that most people do get, is something to hang off of. Mm-hmm. You know, just every time you walk past or go into the bathroom, you know, you've got to get and have a shower in the morning, brush your teeth. When you walk in, hang for 20, 30 seconds. When you walk out, hang for 20, 30 seconds. Yeah, so we just picked up, I think it was $15, one of the Nine hang, bucks, ten bucks. It wasn't up, even that. Yeah. chin-up bar from Kmart, and uh, it's awesome. So what are the health benefits of hanging? So there's tons. Um, obviously, your grip strength improves. For a lot of people, they just don't bring the arms up over the head, and a lot of people can't because they don't do it. If you don't do it, if you, you know use it, you use it or you lose it. So most people don't put their body into that range of motion, so it gets pretty restricted. And for a lot of people, neck shoulder like upper spine so thoracic and cervical spine issues are huge and just because they don't put their body in that position so by hanging um whether you're doing it full body weight or you're holding your body up it's going to start to open up the tissues around the shoulders it's going to you know put you at that different ranges and depending on how you go and what you're doing with the movement can strengthen it can lengthen it can decompress the spine it's going to be a nice little mental challenge if every day you do it and you get a little bit better it kind of is that feel-good effect? You know that, hey, look, yesterday I couldn't do 10 seconds, now I can do 10. Uh, I'm doing 30 seconds, it's only been two weeks. You get that real psychological benefit as well, but also you'll start to physically know the difference. And I know for, for, for you personally and even for myself, how much just consistency with that, you know, I don't have to do as much of it as I did to start with, but I still keep all the benefits. So to start with, you might you challenge yourself to accumulate a couple minutes a day, but then after you've got that, it's just... As you go past every day, just make sure you hang. You don't have to work up a sweat. You don't have to do anything out of, you know, try to break a world record or anything. But it's just consistency because what we find is our form follows our function. So our body will tend to become rounded if we're sitting at a desk being round all the time. If we're lengthening our spine and we're doing that consistently, our body will start to get lengthened as well. So, you know, stretching, hanging from a bar is one way. It doesn't have to be that. But just finding little things that you can do every day that you can build into your day will help dramatically you know, parking a little bit further from your your workplace and walking, you know, maybe taking public transport and getting off a stop earlier. Those little things start to add up. Um, you know, even just setting a goal to walk an extra 10 minutes a day, that's going to start to build up. Every day you do that, that's an extra hour a week walking that you wouldn't have done if you didn't sort of set that goal. And, you know, it's interesting because my physical body has changed so much since we've been together. And I think just through osmosis learning so much from you because I did spend the first you know 27 years of my life quite sedentary and sitting in an office job but then I would smash myself at the gym so I would sit all day and then go to the gym and do weights and it was this Mm. big disparity and now it's a lot more about just moving all throughout the day and trying to bring movement in and I'm sure those of you listening to this just probably did what I did and straightened your spine as Paul was talking about lengthening and strengthening the spine out and so I think you know we don't move enough as human beings compared to what we would have in nature and what does that then do to the mind cool well imagine your body is like a pond right and if the water's not moving it gets stagnant so the same thing with the, our body our body is mostly water 
And if we're not moving and pumping our body often, the water in our body gets stagnant. And, you know, I'm talking about actual physical water, but if you think of your emotions and the blood flow and the lymphatic flow and all those things in your body, if we're pumping it, we're getting oxygen to all of our cells. And if you take a deep breath, if you go for a jog, you're going to naturally start pumping your body with oxygen. You're going to start to feel better. You know, our brain functions better when we've got oxygen. We are going to release a lot of feel-good hormones and chemicals and neurotransmitters when we are exercising. You know, there's so many studies that show that exercise works better than antidepressants for you know, mood and you know, depression and stuff like that. So it's I basically get the results of a drug without a drug. And I like how you said before that you used to smash yourself at the gym. And this mm. is something I noticed huge as a PT. Clients would say, oh, I wouldn't smash myself. I wanted this. And even the words you're using, like that's kind of describing what would happen to yep. yourself in the gym. Yep. So I don't really like to exercise. I like to train. Yeah. Okay, so there's a difference. Like exercising means to take out, you know, you're exercising. It's like imagine exorcism. You're taking energy out, right? Mm. Um, I like to train and move. Like I want to do some movements or I want to go train. Exercising is a weird sort of concept for me. So I, I like to train to develop a skill or to move my body a certain way to get stronger, to get more flexible. So I think the whole mindset around movement for people is really interesting. And a lot of people see it as a punishment. A lot of people see it as a way of like, Ma- I've been sitting down all yeah, day. Yeah, I got so to have to make up. For yeah, that. have to sort yeah. of smash myself to, to do, and that's like it's it's a real weird sort of connotation a lot of people have, but when you see it as developing your body, building your body, conditioning your body, that's a very different approach. Yeah. And there is a time and a place to go hard in the gym, but most people don't have the prerequisites to do that. And a lot of people haven't got an optimal posture. They haven't got strength or stability in their joints. They don't even really know how to move, yeah. and then they go chuck a barbell on their back or start you know doing all sorts of crazy stuff and they can't believe and walk properly so a lot of what happened when people started training me when i was doing a lot of pt was just teaching people how to breathe teaching people how to get a good body posture teaching people how to move safely first and then progressing to that and it's like the tortoise and the hare approach you start slow but you get there faster. If you start fast, then a lot of times people would burn out, get sick, get injured. Mm. Uh, and it's not necessarily sexy to you know, get people to walk in the gym and then you spend the f- first session, lie down on the ground and breathe. But if you can educate people about what their body does and how important it is to actually breathe properly before you start doing anything else, then they start realizing, okay, this is a long-term thing. This is about health. It's not about just the way you look. And I think for a lot of people, there is a real divide of looking good versus actually being healthy. And um, I'm sure we're going to talk about that when we talk about food and stuff later. I've kind of been playing with a couple of different ways of doing things and I've kind of done some experiments with myself lately. But there is an art form to weight loss, but there's also a science of weight loss, but also an art form to health. Yeah. And you can lose weight and look good, but still not be super healthy, but you can be healthy and not look as good. But then there's a middle road between both. I love that. Can you say that again? You said there's a science to weight, weight loss, loss yeah. an, art. an art to health. So, and even both, you could say they're both art and sciences because there are some things that you could do to lose weight. It's a science. You can just go do this, do this, count your calories, move a certain amount, you're going to lose weight, right? But also there's a bit of an art form to that because what does that mean? How does people fit that into life? How do you adjust that? Yeah. Um, but health is an interesting thing because there's lots of different contributing factors to health. Well, that was what I was going to ask you actually. Yeah. Like, could you define what health actually means for you? For me, well... This is where like health is individual, right? It's going to be different for everyone. And what's healthy for people in their context and their like where they're at and what they're doing 
may change because what's healthy for an elite level athlete may may not be healthy for a normal everyday person okay so what results do you want to get and some people will push the health for performance boundary and some people will you know not care about performance and just want to be healthy and some people don't care about health or performance so i think health is it need to be would i i believe should be a holistic thing that encompasses mind body relationships you know and all of those aspects not just food or exercise which are important in health but you could eat good food and exercise well but because you're not taking care of your mental emotional state or all the relationships relationship oh, yeah. and life dynamic you know yeah. we talk about um you know, sleep wake cycles and all that stuff they all are relationships you have with the planet with nature now, if you don't have a uh, relationship with nature like getting outside like we went to the beach today like those kind of things are important in health mm. if people never have that relationship to the normal cycles of life then it's hard to be healthy because our body adapted for the environment that it was in and the environment we're in isn't the same as it was that we were built for so that's hard to be healthy if your body's not living in rhythm yeah so i think all of those factors are important and I don't think most people even know they're important or even understand them. And so this is where it becomes a bit of an art form. How do you get someone to get enough sun when everyone's afraid of the sun? How do you get people to get out in nature when they just live in an office all day? They have to drive to and from work. Exactly. They live, in, they live in a box. They get no fresh air. They've yeah. got you know, all the chemicals that are in from their workplace or their home and like all the different sprays and smells and things that they've got from their new sofa they got with all it's emitting all these different toxins and all that kind of stuff so how are they going to get that oxygen in to flush that all out of their system so there's lots of different factors but i feel like it is a bit of an art form and but also a bit of a science at the same time and it's individual because what i realized was trying to get people to do everything at once you get people to do nothing so you basically start really simple really easy stack up the wins and go from there so what would be a few simple steps that people listening to this can prioritize? Cool. So one of the big things I learned early on was about energy balance in the body. And I'm not talking about like the law of thermodynamics with calories and all that kind of stuff. It was more about the yin and yang. So the building energy, the taking away energy, your destructive or your constructive energy, your sympathetic, which is your fight or flight state in your body, branch of your nervous system or your rest, digest, rebuild kind of state, your anabolic state, and how to balance those two. So for most people, spending energy and being yang or like fight or flight state, they're pretty much in it all the time. Most people are sympathetic dominance. So where I would start with most clients is building up their yin or their parasympathetic. So some great ways to do that are looking at sleep, okay? Because that's when you're going to be the most anabolic, that's when you're going to get the most gross and repair. And it's probably the thing that I'm like really touchy about the most is getting good sleep so you know getting setting a time to go to bed every night having dark uh scenario when you're sleeping so you're not getting any lights yeah Yeah, double blind study now um we actually have in our bedroom two different curtains so there's you know there's no light getting in try to keep technology away from you try to keep lights low at night so you're not getting heaps of light in your eyes because that'll mess up your natural rhythms because what tends to happen as the sun goes down you start to release different chemicals in your brain so there's serotonin which then releases melatonin which then helps you to go into your sleep cycle melatonin is actually very um it's very anabolic in the body but also it's uh 
it's super important that you get it released because if you don't release it, your body doesn't heal while it's sleeping. So for most people, getting that sleep between 10 and 2 o'clock is where they're going to have the most physical repair. Between 2 and 6 is where you're going to have the most psychological repair. And it's where you get the most sort of dream and REM sleep. So for most people, I start with trying to get wins for sleep. And if it's go to bed 15 minutes earlier for a week, then the next week 15 minutes earlier. And then within a few weeks' time, they're getting to bed an hour earlier and it hasn't been a big jump. Mm-hmm. And they've just tidied up their routine before bed. They've got off the electronics. They're doing a bit of breathing. Um, something like that to wind down. And just improving the sleep quality goes a huge way. So I think for most people, that's a, a pretty quick win. And then something as simple as drinking good quality water. A lot of people aren't drinking enough. They're not drinking good quality water. They're you know, drinking a lot of other things that aren't clearing the body or actually the body doesn't know what to do with. So, you know, just water quality is huge and I'm not sure how deep we want to get into it, but just even just making sure they're drinking enough water is really important for most people. Well, I think it's always good to get a reminder of that. And I, I know, I mean, I've been really good lately because I'm on this healing protocol and I'm drinking two and a half litres of hot water every day and it's actually quite easy and I'm still thirsty, which is incredible. Mm. But I think in my past I would go through like waves of I'd do really well drinking a couple of liters and then I'd have a few days where I'd just be busy and it would miss you know miss my mind so what are some like simple little nudges or reminders you recommend for people to get their water intake cool so having a bottle with you all the time is super important and I would tell my clients to drink you know depending on the client depending on how much they need to drink for the day anywhere up to a liter sometimes half liter sometimes a glass of water on waking because when you wake up in the morning you're generally the most dehydrated because you've sweat at night or you've you've been breathing and, and if you're breathing through your mouth you can end up pretty dehydrated um, which isn't optimal anyway but some people do that so get that glass in at the start of the day and then make sure that you are drinking often if you're training to make sure you're drinking around 500 mils for every 30 minutes of training that you do mm-hmm. uh, and obviously if it's hot more but that's a really great place to start and just having a bottle with you make it conscious have a goal if you need to set reminders on your computer or on your phone every half hour have it something pop up that tells you to take a drink of water uh, those are really great things that can help you win and you know having a bottle with you is just a must i think because if you have it with you you're going to you have to carry it around and you're going to be conscious of it and it'll make you remember to, t- to have a drink every once in a while Good. So you've talked about sleep and water. Can you talk a little bit about nutrition? Cool. So nutrition is an interesting one. And there's lots of different schools of thought. There's lots of different things. You know, should I be vegan? Should I eat meat? Should I be keto? Should I, you know, count my calories? Should I, you know, do this, do that? And so nutrition is an interesting thing. And I think, again, it's individual. With nutrition, I used to go really hard with people to start with. But that scared a lot of people away. And for some people, they may need to go through a restrictive protocol initially to start with to do things like reduce inflammation, to get their body just the nutrients it needs with nothing that's going to stress out the digestive system, nothing that takes a lot of energy to you know, break down or that's going to irritate anything. And they can get great results with that. But some people don't need to go that extreme. For some people, depending on what their goals are, they might not need to change their diet that much. They need to be conscious of the quantity. Mm. So... Quality and quantity are important in lots of things. So with water, the quality of water you drink, but also the quantity of water you drink. With nutrition, it's quality and quantity as well. So for some people, they're going to get wins just by increasing the quality of the food they eat. And with food, there's like, if you imagine a ladder, you can go from you know, store-bought, mass farm-produced stuff 
to you know free range or organic then you go to you know certified organic which is even better quality or biodynamic or you know you can go through up the ladder and any step up the ladder you go is going to increase the quality which is going to increase the nutrients that you get and your body is going to be built out of better bricks basically so one thing you want to think of is what am I building up my body with and a lot of times if you are eating poorer quality foods your body is going to be made of that eventually so I used to be really heavy on quality with people and some people found it hard to make the jumps with that but some people did jump into it and found huge differences and then more recently I've been experimenting with quantity so I've been more looking at the tracking aspect and you know being a bit more lenient with the quality but noticing what happens when you just quantify the food you're eating and track it and I've noticed that I personally have great physical results in terms of body fat measurements and stuff quantifying um, and I've been less restrictive with the quality and that's helped in some ways it's probably made my life less stressful in some ways because like having to worry about having organic food all the time did consume a bit of headspace and I find with some clients that can be a real concern like they're so worried about eating good quality food that when they eat okay quality food they're not getting the nutrients because they're too stressed out and it's stressing them out so one thing with food again you, you don't want to make such a big jump with it that it causes more stress. Yeah. All lifestyle changes, you, you got to look at how much energy you've got because the amount of energy you've got equals the ability to change. So energy equals changeability. And if you're making jumps that are too big for where you're at the moment, that can cause a lot of stress. So with each client, it's got to be individual. It's got to be, okay, what can this person do? What are they willing to do? What are they? What can they afford? And you know, for some people, it is a food delivery service. It might not be the best quality, but at least they actually eating something that's half decent. It's a better jump in the right direction. I mean, the goal would be to have everyone eating, you know, straight from the farm and, you know, something they grew in their own backyard. But that's not going to happen for 99% of the people on the planet. So it's really, okay, well, how do we work out? The, one of the easiest ways to get them to their results that they can do with the least amount of obstacles and roadblocks that they're going to get wins, they're going to build confidence and then progressively make it harder or more challenging. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Good. Well, I think that that gives people some ideas and things to consider when it comes to their nutrition. So, what would be your like top three health hacks? Cool. So, have a clear goal. I think if you don't have a goal or a reason or a motive why you want to do it, it's very hard to stick to it. So, you know, understanding what your dream is for your body what the goal is for your body is super important. That's got to be number one, I think. If you don't have that, there's no reason to stick to any food plan or any nutrition plan or anything like that. Number two, I would say get a coach or a mentor. Uh, get someone that's getting that result, has got that result, that knows how to do it because that's going to fast track your progress. That's a good question because there's a lot of coaches out there. Yeah. But what they're offering, I would say, is not a balanced perspective, especially a lot of the fitness bloggers and things like that like yeah. what would you say for people who are looking for someone good where, where could they find someone well again it depends on what horse you want to ride and how quick you want to get there because I mean you can lose weight just following a fitness blogger and you know just if it fits your macros and just do that and you get a weight loss result that's great but is it a health result is it a long term sustainable result is it teaching you about nutrition or is it just teaching you how to count numbers on, on the app on your phone so it depends on what your goal is and what you want long term. Um, I would look for someone that has a more holistic approach. And 
at the end of the day, yeah, food does work out the calories, but not all calories are going to create the same body in your body. So definitely thinking about, okay, trying different approaches and seeing what works. But long term, you know, something that's more true to how we've lived and what's happened on the planet for a long time is going to get you there. So I would, you know, kind of also look at their history and what they've done and what kind of results they've got. Cool. So set a goal, find yeah. a coach and the third. And find movement that you enjoy. Okay. Because not going to the gym and pumping iron isn't for everyone. You know, running marathons and triathlons isn't for everyone. You know, Zumba class isn't for everyone. Yoga isn't for everyone. But there's people that love that stuff. So find what works for you and something that you can stay consistent in. But also maybe don't just do what you love. Because there's some people who only do yoga yeah. and there's some people who only do weights. There's some people who only do... Well, something. there's a saying that we used to talk about in the fitness world is the best exercise is the one that your client will actually do and do yeah. consistently, right? So getting your client to a Zumba class once a week is better than a client sleeping on their couch and doing nothing that week. So yeah. getting something is better than nothing. The goal would be to get them to do a variety of stuff that balances their body, that builds up stuff. But that's not going to be sustainable for clients to start with a lot of times. So getting someone's foot in the door is the goal, even just their toe. Then once they've got that, then their foot, then their leg. And when someone starts getting some good weight loss results, start getting some strength, some confidence, then they'll start looking for more and, and harder things. And everyone's different. Some people will jump head first and do 10 different classes, hit the gym every day, do their food perfect. But that's like the small population. For some people, you just got to get a couple of runs on the board then go, okay, you've done that for two months now. Do you think we could try a yoga class? Great. Then you do a yoga class. And then once they've done that, then how can we build it up? And every, every person is different. So you've got to know yourself and just move the bar high enough that you can actually step over it and then go for one that you have to jump eventually. Awesome. So set a goal, get a coach and find movement that you enjoy. Yeah. Awesome. So my last question I have for you, this has been great. Thank you. I think it's been a really good um overview and i feel like it could have gone for a couple more hours because i know that you could go in depth in so many different ways and that's going to be a part of some of the programs that you're building out this year anyway so i'm excited for those but a question that i want to ask is as a, a a recovered chocoholic what would you say to people who have um sugar and say chocolate cravings and things like that to overcome those cool so sugar and chocolates have a lot of basic easy energy in it right yes. so for, for a lot of people it's because they need energy yes. they might not be eating enough food they might not be eating good enough quality food and their brain's just giving them something that they know will get them that energy so that's something that you know for a lot of people it's just they're not eating often enough they're not eating good enough quality so they'll be thinking about the sugary foods as the first kind of port of call so for a lot of clients, I used to say having good quality snacks with them and eating stuff that's going to balance their blood sugar a lot more is like going to what? help. What are some good quality So it snacks? depends on the clients, but for some people it is eating like a handful of nuts. For other people it is having, you know, some deli meats or something with them. For other people it's some sort of fruit or vegetable, um, some snack pack that they've prepared earlier that's got a bit of a balance of, you know, protein, carbs and fats that they can have with them. So every client's going to have their sort of favorites but having something they can have with them in case they need it. Sometimes it can be nutrient deficiencies, like some people might maybe needing magnesium, some people may be needing uh, actually some carbohydrates and they're not getting that anywhere else. So sometimes that's the reason. 
Uh, and there's some people that just really like the food. So yeah, what about if they have like an association with it, with like pleasure, or they have it with yeah, like and this rewarding is, themselves. This is a big or... thing for some people, and I, I joke about this in my trainings as well. Like for me, ice cream is one of those things. I've got a really interesting association to ice cream. It's not completely unhealthy, but you know, for a lo- lot of people, they can have unhealthy ones that are damaging their health, that are causing obesity, causing all, all sorts of problems because early on growing up they got rewarded with something or they got deprived of something and then as an adult they've kind of overdone it. Uh, so that can be linked to the mental, emotional components of all this stuff yeah. and that's huge. For a lot of people, excess weight can be an emotional barrier that they use to protect themselves from getting in relationships, from letting people in, from you know letting the world see them or you know it's a barrier they had to build to keep themselves safe in some way. It's not really that but that's what they've their coping mechanism they've done. So for a lot of people, those kind of issues can be the root cause of the overeating. And once addressed, they'll find it a lot easier to say no to those things or only eat them in moderation. Amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else in terms of health or tips or anything that you want to leave the listeners with? I think just start small, get consistent wins. Uh, You know, know it's a journey. Know that every small thing you do today is going to pay off eventually and you don't have to win every day but you just win the day more often and it'll add up in the long run because if you are overweight you are in pain or you you not don't have the body you want it didn't happen overnight for most people it's been a process so know that it will be a process you can get results quickly but know that slow and steady wins the race you want to have it for the rest of your life not just a short period of time so it is worth the long journey and taking your time and really building that holistic health beautiful tips thank you so much for this incredible interview and i know that so many people are going to get benefit from us from it email me at julia at relaunchmylife.com.au or leave a review if you loved this episode paul thank you so much thank you so much for having me and good luck to everyone on their health journeys This week's episode from Relaunch My Life Radio, live from Australia. Visit us at relaunchmyliferadio.com for more. And remember, it's never too late to relaunch your life.